thank you for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms and on the YouTube channel, The Subtext. Hello and welcome to The Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games in the Metacritic Top 100 list. I'm Lawrence and I'm joined by... This is Dan, welcome to the podcast. How are you this week? Are you well? I'm alright, yeah. Just uh, (laughs) surviving the heat, which is always fun. That's past now luckily, hasn't it? Well, Well, it's still quite warm, isn't it? Yeah, I think think there's going to be another spell of rain before it clears entirely i hope so this is what we've had to call summer this this year which is nice <laughs> looking forward it, to a proper summer next year it's the case isn't it that wherever you go like in greece 30 degrees is 30 degrees in spain 30 degrees is 30 degrees and then i saw this thing on twitter it was like 30 degrees in england and it's like oh we're actually living on the sun and we can't take this we're not <laughs> we're not good with heat are we i saw something similar about um <laughs> about snow so when it snows here, yeah. everything just comes to a standstill. Then you've got places like Russia and places like Canada that just carry on. But like you said to me in the week, though, the reason is it is that they've got the infrastructure for that. Yeah. Their, their kind of economy is built around that. So today we're going to be discussing a PlayStation 3 game. So we're going to be focusing on Little Big Planet. So Little Big Planet came out in 2008. Uh, it was developed by Media Molecule, who are a British developer out of, um, out of Guildford, I think. Um, it's number 35 on our list and got a Metacritic score of 95. Now, Little Big Planet is one of those things that PlayStation and Sony never really had much of a mascot. Um, obviously, with Nintendo, you always think Mario or Link, Sega, it was um, Sonic. Xbox, Microsoft would be Master Chief, whereas Sony or always had a bit Blinks. of a mishmash. Blinks the time sweeper. That was the that was a Microsoft's attempt at a mascot. Who? Do you remember him? Blinks the time sweeper. What's that from? <laughs> from the game Blinks. There was Blinks one and two. That was uh, a little right, yeah. orange cat. That I know. Was their attempt? Well, at least it wasn't Bugsy. Uh, yeah, oh, no, it wasn't. And then cat. <laughs> You had um, you had Crash like for the PS One era, but yeah. then obviously that became an Activision property, and quickly you went multi-platform. So it's a bit uh, now it's everywhere. Crash is so yeah. Sony's always kind of had a few, hasn't it? There's been Crash for a while. Then you could maybe argue Spyro. You've got Nathan Drake, um, Kratos, Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Daxter. Yeah, Jack and Daxter as well, um, and then. In 2008, um, Little Big Planet came out, and then the the main character, I suppose you'd call him, of that Sackboy, became one of the big um, faces, I suppose, of PlayStation. Now, I believe there are there are three games on the PS3 for Little Big Planet, and there's there's more. Um... So there's um, there's one, two, and three. Now number three also got released on the PS4. Right. And then you've got the new game coming out for the PS5, Sackboys something or other. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think some of those saw releases on the the Vita. Yes, and that would make sense. Maybe, yeah, it would have been the Vita. Yeah. So, yeah, he's it's, 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 it's done the rounds, put it that way. Absolutely. 
So neither of us had really played this too much before. Um, I'd actually played it before, um, but not so, too much, right? No, no, not not a tremendous amount. But I did I did have this game. I um, when my original PS3 died, the sixty gigabyte with the um, PS2 backwards compatibility, I <laughs> it died, and I traded it in. Um, that's what you do. You just go to game with your broken console and trade it in. Uh, <laughs> and I got um, I got the new PS3, which was I think at the time it was the two hundred and fifty gigabyte one. Yeah, I think that's. And I got, got that's yeah, that's one I still got. And I got with that, I got a uh, little big planet, and I got Batman: The Dark Knight, the Blu-ray, because that was when they were bundling Blu-rays in there um, to try and obviously speed the transition to Blu-rays along. Um, I played probably, yeah, a couple of hours of it and I kind of decided it wasn't for me and moved on and never really thought about it again, to be honest. I see. So, yeah, I mean, I played it once very briefly um, at an ex-girlfriend's house, like when I was about 18, maybe. Um, Did like a race or something. I can't really remember it that well. Um, But that's the only time I'd ever played it. So, obviously, we've both got a little tiny bit of history with this. And I know going into it, you weren't particularly excited about um, what this game was and what this game had to offer. So, I mean, briefly, what what are your initial thoughts um, kind of coming out of this and discussing it now? Like, did it exceed expectations? Were you right in your... Um, opinion in it going in or what what are your thoughts um i think my prior experience obviously influenced how i felt about it and it was it was not that i thought it was a bad game it was just that it wasn't a game that was for me and yeah i still think it's not a game that's for me but i can appreciate um some of the things that it was doing i think as a platformer i had the best word that i could use to describe it is decent it's a decent platformer. Um, I don't think it goes beyond decent for reasons that I'll go into. Um, as a creative platform, I think it's surprising. That's, again, the best word I'd use for that. I think things have, since then, taken that and done more with it. But I think it is still surprising. I mean, we were playing some creative levels. And a couple of them surprised me in their... their what, what they could do. <laughs> this is not the creator level from Time Splitters 2 where you're very limited in your tile set and you can uh, do certain things but all the levels end up looking the same it's, it's it goes beyond that mm. and uh, so the creative side I think is where this game shines if you're into that stuff and probably why it made the list yeah I mean with with this game for anyone who isn't too schooled up on Little Big Planet it does have a story mode However, that isn't the main emphasis. I don't think it's more about creation and making your own levels and there's a big community aspect to this game. And I mean, going back to what we said earlier, this game came out 12 years ago and this morning I was playing on a few community levels and I found a level, I was just kind of browsing, I saw a Minecraft uh, level that someone had made that had been uploaded six hours ago. So people are still making stuff and putting things on this platform for people even 12 years later, which I think is a real testament to how good the level design stuff is on this game. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but before we started recording today, you and me played a few levels together. 
Um, we played a version of the Titanic sinking, which it, it was okay. It was um, chugged it, along right at the end, though, to about yeah. must have been under ten frames per yeah, second. Yeah, the frame rate absolutely tanked towards the end because there's so much going on. Um, but we also played a Metal Gear Solid um, level that someone had made, which was quite cool, and uh, a Lord of the Rings: Return of the King one, and. What the people can do with this stuff is really impressive. I've never been too much of a, a creative person with games. Games like... Um, me neither, me neither. I've never really gotten into that stuff. No, no. I mean, games like um, Mario Maker from Nintendo really appeal to me, but I wouldn't get the most out of them because I just suck at creation stuff like that. And the thing that I find impressive with this game is, like we said, there is a story mode, and you go across like different worlds i suppose you'd call them and yeah the thing that impresses me with this is that those um story maps were made with the exact same tools that the community have available to them so yeah you, you know it, it's um i think with the story mode let, let's uh let's give a brief description of what it is so it is it's basically like you say it's levels built by the developers within the tool set that they also offer the players and the worlds are themed and they're really quite nicely done. I mean, in terms of the aesthetic, in terms of the soundtrack and what you do in those levels is you collect creation parts that you can then use in your own creation. So everything in this game in the single player serves this creation aspects. So I suppose the single player is just kind of a, a fun little add on. That you have to go through yeah to unlock bits for the uh, the creation suites yeah absolutely i mean one of the one of the highlights to me is we always talk about music and aesthetics and stuff towards the end of the episode so we'll do that then um but one of the things cause like i say i don't have too much history with this game when i turned it on having stephen fry um yeah be kind of like the voice of god i suppose i bloody loved that that was fantastic because I mean, yeah, he's he's royalty, really, isn't he, Stephen Fry? Everyone loves Stephen Fry. Well, to us, to us Brits, anyway. Yeah, obviously, absolutely. you said it was a British-made game, and it's one of those things. Sometimes in games, you get these nods to to Brits, and Fable that was being one. A big one. Yeah, Fable being another one, and also Portal Two with Stephen Merchant yeah. being another one. Um, you, you, and for us Brits, <laughs> we don't get many nods, so it's nice to get a bit of. Um, a bit of a recognition sometimes, I suppose. Let's talk about the gameplay a little bit. So, yeah. as always, gameplay is king. So, in terms of your opinion on that, where does where does Little Big Planet stand up for you in terms of the gameplay? What what were your thoughts on that? Um, so, if we're talking about something being between fun and frustrating, mm. I think this is right down the middle for me. Um, there are moments when it's quite fun and there are moments where it's quite frustrating yeah um it runs at 30 frames per second and with 2d kind well it's not 2d but with side on yeah with side on side with side scrollers basically we're very used to getting 60 frames per second i really noticed that drop to 30 frames per second obviously i play mario um things like uh, donkey kong tropical freeze uh, they all run at 60 frames per second. Even things like um, Ukulele and the Impossible Layer uh, runs at 60 frames per second. So this drop, I just found it really unresponsive at times, especially with the jumping. Um, the jumping really <laughs> uh, got to me. And 
so that was that was the first thing. Then then also with with this, yeah, like you say, it's two point five D. So you've got you're on this plane and you can move backwards to the plane behind it, or you can move forwards to the plane in front of it. So you've kind of got three or four planes that you can um, you can come closer to the screen or further back from the screen. And sometimes that's a bit finicky. Sometimes you'll go into the wrong plane when you don't want to go into that plane. And sometimes you'll want to climb some steps, but you just can't climb those steps. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think, like I say, I think it's a decent 2.5D side-scrolling game. Um, but I don't think it goes beyond that. There is there is some some really nice inventive stuff in there. But um, I'm more talking about the controls and the way that it actually controls as a, as a uh, side-scrolling platformer. So, so what did you think of it? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It's kind of down the middle in terms of being fun and frustrating. Um, playing it a bit yesterday, I was uh, going through a level. And because, um, you know, with most... Because you'd say that Little Big Planet's a AAA production. And with yeah. most AAA games, they are um, like engineered to a T where it's very difficult to find bugs and things like that unless you're playing a Bethesda game um, but th- there are elements of it where it just didn't feel um, like satisfying I suppose but then that was landed up with areas where it was super satisfying but I, I, I agree with you that the, the frame rate was an issue like especially when we did that Titanic level earlier, because there was so much going on on the screen, it just tanked. Um, yeah, and that's the thing with having user-created content. As a user, you can load a level as much as you want to, mm. full of things, but the game won't necessarily cope very well with it. Um, with with the gameplay, there's a bit on the, the Day of the Dead level with the wedding. Yes. Um, you're trying to reunite a couple that are to be wed, and... There's a bit where you've got springs over a big spike pit. Yes. And you have to jump between the springs and you have to really time your jumps. Otherwise, you're not going to get across. Now, I spent a good period of time getting through that um, just because I felt like I felt like I was being told to jump once the spring bounced back up. But it didn't always work when I was pressing the X button. Sometimes it didn't seem to respond at all. Um, so, yeah, I felt like. I spent ages just trying to get the knack of it, and I kind of did more so in the end. But even then, it didn't feel quite intuitive. Yeah, it takes a while, and that 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 was my main issue with it. Because as well as that, I didn't realise there was like a life function. So you go yeah. to the checkpoints, and I got to that's the, annoying. Yeah, I got to the day of the dead level as well, and I was trying to jump across these things, and I kept dying. And then all of a sudden, it was like game over, go back to the start, and I was like, nope, turning it off, done now. Because I'm just yeah, gonna... I feel like this this kind of game. I don't know. I, I was surprised by that because it's it's not um, presenting itself as this kind of hardcore side-scrolling game. Yeah. But then it's got this life system, and within the first four levels, I was probably more frustrated than I was with something like Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, which is known to be quite a, a yeah, it's quite a quite challenging game. Um, so I think there are some balance issues in there. I think w- what the game does well is outside of that, though. I'd say if it was just a if it was just a, a side-scrolling adventure, I don't think anyone would remember it for what it is. No. It'd be a nice idea with a nice character, nice creative levels. Yeah, but yeah, not much more than that. So we wanted to discuss as well 
um, the kind of the time that this game came out. So in 2008, PlayStation 3 had been out for a couple of years and I think it was really starting to, to come into its own because obviously when the PS3 originally came out, um, the 360 had been out for about a year, I think. And yeah. there was the huge issue with PlayStation 3s that it was so expensive to make them that the cost to buy them was massive. So I think in the early years, PlayStation really struggled. And with games like Little Big Planet, me and you discussed um, previously like PlayStation and Sony creativity, which we don't really feel they have the spark for as much anymore. And you had games coming out around this time like uh, Little Big Planet, games like Journey, um, really console-defining, not indie titles, but they were a bit different. And then on um, the, the PS Vita, you had games like... Um, obviously, the PS Vita came out a few years after this, but you had games like... Uh, is it Knack on the PS yeah, Vita? Yeah, Knack and Knack 2. Yeah, yeah you know, things, things like that. And cult following. Yeah, the, the, those things don't really exist as much anymore. Um, and obviously, you we never discussed... know. You might get a Knack Three. There, I see jokes about that all the time on the internet. Knack Three. Yeah, I never played the Knack games. Um, but I mean, this is a similar kind of conversation that we had when we were discussing indie titles. Um, yeah. But Sony feels like in this generation, in particular, they dropped the ball a little bit, and it's more pushing games that are just AAA games, um, console exclusive, and. Obviously, these companies exist to just make money, but you look at the stuff going on at the moment, games um, like the Avengers game that's coming out with Sony basically saying you can only play a Spider-Man if you play this game on the PlayStation, which yeah. I get because Sony owns Spider-Man, but you, I, I can't imagine Sony having have done that 10 years ago. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's hard to say what they would and wouldn't have done. Yeah. Um... I think uh, what I don't like about that decision is not necessarily the decision itself, but the way it's been framed, as in um, Square saying, oh, we thought that um, Sony players would want to play as Spider-Man because uh, they know that they can get Spider-Man on their platform. But it's just the way it's framed. It's like, they? yeah, and it's kind of like they're treating gamers like they're a bit stupid. I mean, yeah. if you're going to do it, just do it and own it. Don't don't pretend it's something else. Mm. Um, I agree with you. So so the so the three sixty came out in late two thousand and five, and I think I'm pretty sure the PS three came out uh, late two thousand and six. Yeah, I bought the PS three near enough day one. Damn, um, <laughs> it's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I paid a lot of it was money. About I paid five, about six hundred pounds, wasn't it? No, I think I paid I paid. Four hundred and fifty pounds for the console itself, yeah. And I think I paid more for. Um, I bought Resistance. I think I only bought Resistance on day one. And yeah, I, basically, I sold my three hundred and sixty to get it because I had a three hundred and sixty before that. Mm. Got PS three uh, near enough day one. When I when I say that, it's probably like within the week yeah. of that uh, release. And I played Resistance, and I really enjoyed Resistance. But I was starving for games for a long time. For the first couple of years, I was buying everything that came out. Yeah. I bought, um, <laughs> I can't think what it's called. Um, I, I think I bought one of the uh, one of the Tekken games and I'd never, ever played one of those before. So 
Um, well, no, no, I had played them earlier, obviously, on the, on the PS1, but I never bought one before yeah. for myself to play. So um, so that was a very new thing for me. Um, I was just desperate for games. I'm not sure if it was Tekken, actually. It was one of those fighting games. Um, yeah, so uh, I, was, I was starving for games. But then they started um, pushing... What I think Sony did so well, I, I really like PS2 era Sony and PS3 era Sony. What I think Sony did really well in PS3 era Sony was they realised that um, they were kind of falling a bit behind. Obviously, you had the Wii way out in front. Then you had 360 doing really well for itself. And the PS3, obviously, they screwed up the marketing for it. And I heard something. I don't know if this is true. I heard that all the profits that they made in the PS1 and PS2 era, they squandered in that initial PS3 time frame. Um, so all the lead that they had, they lost. And what they started doing, though, they started investing in these um, new IPs, in these more creative endeavours. So we got things like Uncharted. We got things like um, Little Big Planet. We got Journey. new... new, Yeah, Journey as well, yeah. And uh, things like... Uh, resistance um flower and then they had things they, they had a new wipeout game and yeah and i, I just think they really came in, into their own in that ps3 era games like heavy rain and, as well yeah heavy rain although i think um the the critical or the the uh the public perception of that game's uh kind of gone a bit downhill i don't necessarily think it's warranted but it has gone massively downhill since then uh i think david cage has become a meme at this point oh yeah he is <laughs> absolutely yeah um but yeah but those games at the time were, were fresh and surprising and new and you couldn't really get them elsewhere and it was a, it was a, within the first couple of years it wasn't but slowly it PS4 started becoming well. an ecosystem yeah and it became an ecosystem that was really fun to be involved in and play all these creative new games yeah and i think when you're in a position where you're behind your competitors you kind of have to it do something more, special yeah so they say that necessity is the mother of invention i think that was the case here we talked about it in the indie episode um i don't think sony's lost it I think they've just refocused. They so things like Dreams, yeah. which is a media molecule molecule game as well, I think that takes the creative ideas of Little Big Planet and runs a mile with it. Yeah. And from what I've seen, that game looks fantastic in terms of its creation suite. And it's there. I don't think it gets as much attention as it did in the it would have done in the PS3 era, but it's there and it's it's a really People are nice game. Amazing stuff on that as well. Exactly. Um, I just think their focus now is on keeping those third parties and keeping those big tentpole franchises. And the reason is, to be completely honest, that's what keeps them out ahead, isn't it? Um, that's why people invest in the Sony ecosystem, because they know that these massive, huge budget games are coming that have got, I mean, cinematic uh, kind of presentation beyond most other things apart from Rockstar. Um, so yeah, th this is where, and, and, I, and I like those experiences too. So I would like a bit more of the creative side, but it's, 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 it's a funny place they're in now and it'll be interesting to see where they go with the PS5. Yeah. Well, it's the case whenever a new console's released, isn't it? Like we said, Sony was catching up um, in the last generation and I feel that at the start of this generation that we're in at the moment, Xbox had to play a bit of catch up 
after their kind of marketing for the Xbox One initially, where yeah. you know you wouldn't be able to trade in games and all this kind of stuff, and it always have and to another be really expensive console, including the Connect as well. Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see how the next gen plays out. Because um, at the moment I'm I'm kind of putting them tied, and Nintendo's always kind of in its own. Um, oh yeah, it just does its own thing. Genre anyway, I think. Um, I never really include Nintendo in like the console wars anymore because Nintendo no, I, just does I'm, their own thing and tick along, don't they? I mean, Phil Spencer uh, was recently did an interview where he said that Nintendo's first party was best, and that, that if that's you, you would never say that about your opponent, would you? So, no, yeah, he's got neither, a point as well. neither of them, and and I've heard Sony in the past say that um, obviously Nintendo's a a gem in the the gaming industry. So I just think you'd never hear Sony and Microsoft say those things about each other. No, they kind of always no. at each other's throats. Um, but Nintendo's cleverly carved their own path. Yeah, Microsoft um, and Sony are the equivalent now of um, Nintendo and Sega in the nineties. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I think Microsoft with Game Pass is starting to do more of its own thing. Yeah. And I hope they refocus in that area Indeed. and they do become this Netflix of gaming um, because I've got nothing but good things to say about Game Pass. Mm, absolutely. Um, so back to Little Big Planet. Yeah. <laughs> one of one of the things that I um, mentioned earlier was the music. Now. This we always have a little section on music, and it's usually the case. I'll say, "Yeah, I enjoyed the music. Yeah, the music was really good." Um, this time, I, I this is probably out of all the games that we've covered so far. I think this is game number seventeen or eighteen. Um, this might be my favourite music that we've had yet, and I think I've probably said that about three times since we yeah, started. Yeah, I think you said it for a few other. Um, but honestly, I really enjoyed it. I think the the original score that they put together for this game is great, but you've also got some well-known music in there as well. Um, oh, what's it called? Left Left Bark Two or something? Um, I think that's what it's called. From um, like the the standard like art music. Any British people, millennials at around our age, if you used to watch, um, did you used to watch Smart on CBBC? Yeah, you know the the music in the gallery. Um, do you, do you no, know who's I can't really about? remember it. No, I can't remember it. But that's that's included in this game. Um, you've got like a little rendition of the Greek Zorba, which I was surprised to hear in there, which I thought was good. It's just very, um, like music that made me smile. I think is the yeah. way that I can describe it. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the soundtrack in this game was great, and it's probably something that yeah. I'd listen to on like a little playlist when I'm chilling out or something. Yeah, it's a really kind of really fitting, funky kind of um, soundtrack that they've got that really fits those colourful themes. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great soundtrack. It really stands out. Uh, the production values in this game are really good. Yeah, I think the reason it's 30 frames per second is because it's um, it's targeting... Because all the, all the uh, visual elements look great. Yes. And obviously there's a lot on screen at the same time. The textures look high resolution, so I think they kind of decided to go for 30 frames per second so that they could have higher visual fidelity. Um, I mean, whether that was the right choice, I don't know, but that seems to be the reason that they've gone for. So I suppose the big question is, I asked what your initial thoughts were at the start, do you think this game deserves its place on this list? 
to be completely honest, I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to think of a way to put it, but yeah, I just, I just, I just don't. Um, and it wouldn't be on my list, and I, and I don't think it deserves to be on the main list. Now, I think this is the first one that I've outright said that about. Yeah, I think it is. Um, and the reason I say it, because as a side-scrolling platformer, it's decent. As a creative suite, it's great. But it has been surpassed by many, many titles since then. And I don't think it was the originator of it. No. It did it really well. Um, but there are other games that were doing creative stuff before Little Big Planet. It might have kind of done it really right for the time. I think this game hit at the right time. Yeah. Um, early in that PS3 life cycle where people were looking for games to play, it came along and it was something that wasn't just a short game. It was something that you could really sink time into. And I think that's what PS3 owners were looking for then. Now, I think one of one of the things I would say is it's not its popularity has waned since then i mean little big planet 2 little big planet 3 i'm pretty sure that uh we saw uh, dec- decreasing sales in those and i don't see um from from the places that i go i don't see um the world really tremendously excited about the new sackboy game so whereas when little big planet 1 hit everyone was talking about it it was like really in the public mind share. Yeah. Um, so I think you break it down into its component parts, and I do. I think the presentation is great. There are there are things. I think it's a it's a it's a good game. I just don't think it's one hundred best games ever made good. No, that's fair enough. What do you think? I mean, yeah, I, I've I've said about a few games in this list that I don't think they deserve to be on the list most controversial so far probably being a link to the past and when i look at this game i i don't know if i think it deserves to be on this list but i know why it is but it's the the very reason that you and me said quite a few episodes ago that it's very rare these days that you see games that have come out in the past kind of few years being put on the top 100 list because they're filled up with games that came out in the the late 90s, early noughties, and beyond that to, to the early 2010s. And obviously you've got a few in there, of course. But I think, like you said, this game came out at the right time. It scratched the itch that a lot of players wanted in 2008. And it was different. And I think that's a testament to it, because I think it is a good game. I think I enjoyed this a bit more than you did. Um, but... I, I agree with you. I don't think it deserves to be in the top 100 list. I'd maybe put it in the top 200. Um, and it wouldn't, yeah, it, and that's yeah. a different conversation, Absolutely. isn't it? Yeah. But like you said, games have come come along since then that have done this a million times better. Mario Maker being one that comes to mind. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't think it does deserve to be on this list, but I think it's a decent game and it deserves the praise that it, that it gets for what it did, yeah. but more importantly, when it did it. It's got a very strong fan base, and I think those people are. are it's 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 a game for them, and yeah. I think they're completely right in their 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 love for it. Um, I don't for a second think that they're not. Um, I I don't think I've said before that a game outright deserves not to be on the list, but I think I've said many 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 times 
probably for most of the games on this list that they wouldn't be on my my top mm. 100. This definitely wouldn't be on my my top 100. So no. there's there's your, there's your clarity for you. So that wraps up our discussion on Little Big Planet, I suppose. Um, so next week it is your choice of game. Next week, so what are we playing? So next game we are going to be playing is the original Devil May Cry. So if you like your fighting games, if you like your gothic stylings, then uh, come along for that one. Um, it's going to be interesting because I know that you've got some uh, <laughs> interesting thoughts on this one. And um, I've got my own thoughts on this one as yeah. well. Um, yeah. So it's going to be a nice, uh, it's going to be an interesting one, that one. Indeed. So as usual, you can catch us in all the same places as always. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, send us an email. Um, if you could leave us something like a review on Apple Podcasts, if that's where you listen, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, we're seeing our our listener base rising slowly every month, which is really nice to see. It just means that more people are able to find us and more people are able to hopefully enjoy what we do. So, yes, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time for Devil May Cry. Cheerio. See you on the next one.